Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dream Attraction Podcast. And we needed to start off by our episode by telling you that we are drinking some pumpkin spice lattes from Dunkin'. And I don't know, is it too early? No, I literally, I think when pumpkin spice like season starts is mm-hmm. when fall starts um, i told laney i was like we we're looking at we had our pumpkin spice lattes and we we're looking at spirit halloween and there were palm trees in the background and i'm like this is my aesthetic and um we also got pumpkin donuts too because yeah. like you kind of have to you and have to. they were and they still had them so we're like we'll get to Plus, we're, like, sweating, drinking pumpkin spice lattes. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel right, and like it's but hot. it's right. And, like, it's so hot outside, guys. Like, it's almost 90 degrees here. And it's, like, it's kind of weird because this is, like, for me, like, personally, I don't know if, like, you remember it like this, but August, like, back in the Midwest, kind of felt like, okay, it's fall now. Like, it just, like, I felt like that's when it started to cool down. Like, winding down a bit. Summer is coming to an end. Yeah, like, I don't know. I didn't think of August this summer anymore. I I think it's because school started and everything. I think that's why, maybe that's why too, but, so, like, I think it's weird and it's, like, it's technically still summer here, but it's, like, it's fall in my eyes now, so I'm, like, I already started trying to set up fall decor in my apartment Mm -hmm. and my girlfriend was like we can't do that yet like it's still summer I'm like no I need to do it for my soul yeah so I just put like I just put like a little bit up and it's like literally just on my like entertainment area where my tv like the entertainment center whatever you want to call it where the tv's on Mm -hmm. there's like in the middle on the bottom there's like little um, like, shelves in there, and that's where I set it up already. Like, I just have, like, a little thing that says, like, hello, fall, and then there's just, like, some pumpkins. There and, we go. I feel like you it. need it. That's I feel it. like that's, yeah, it's that's necessary. That's all I put up so far. I just feel like San Diego summer is different from, like, rest of the world summer. It is. I because think it is. we're still in the heart of summer in San Diego, but, like, in the Midwest and East Coast and everything, they're kind of, like, all right, we're ready for fall, but June is so cold and gloomy here. I know. So we don't, true. summer doesn't start until like July I know. in San Diego. I'm like, <laughs> I know I moved here for the good, like the nice weather and whatnot, but I'm like low key ready for like sweater weather right now. Like Scary I, movies I and pumpkin be, spice candles, all that shit. I want to be wearing like sweatshirt and jeans like that, or like like a flannel and jeans like I need that right now see it's weird because usually I'm like that and every other year I've been in San Diego but this year I'm not I'm not ready for summer to end I think it's because we had such a cold winter Mm -hmm. that I'm not ready to like go back to sweaters yet because I feel like I haven't done enough this summer yet to feel like complete with the summer yet but I'm still always down for a good pumpkin spice latte I mean you know I never think it's too early for that. I think it's just been too hot lately during the day, like, more so recently, Mm -hmm. um, where I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm ready for it to cool down a little bit, because I just don't like blasting the fan on me, like, 24-8 every single day, because I I sweat so easily, so it, like, 
I will start sweating in two seconds when it's this hot out here. Especially with that sun beating down. But we're, let's switch gears, guys, because we got a wrestling-related episode coming for you. First one of Dream Attraction. And I just want to drop some news to Delaney since we're talking wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk current events. Um, Lacey Evans just opted to not renew her WWE contract. So she oh. is done with WWE. And that's kind of surprising because... She had a lot of potential. Like, I feel like there was a lot of things that she, she had, like, didn't the, really get to do, but... She had, like, the soldier vibe, right? Yeah, it was like, just the la- the last year or so, she just changed her character, I feel like, too many times and was too confusing. But she did get a lot of heat. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes or backstage or anything, but from what she was posting on social media, I think it was a her decision. I think... She really wasn't being used, and I think that she was just kind of over it. She's got two kids, so she probably was like, I'm traveling all this for pretty much doing nothing and in no storylines for the past, I don't think, year she's even been in a storyline. I mean, that's solid. Like, you have, like, if she's having, like, young kids, like... It's a lot to be away from your kids. Yeah. Like that like WWE, you're traveling like all over the world pretty much. And to not be having any storylines or any like TV time at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's valid. Like you should be with your kids rather than like going around and not actually like get to do your job the way that you would want to, you know? And she had a solid career. She was there for seven years. She was on the main roster for Four years, I think. Four years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's solid. I mean, she did some pretty big things in her career. But yeah, that's just... I don't know whether you love Lacey or you didn't like Lacey. I mean, I have respect for anyone that can work for, like, a wrestling company as big as WWE because of, you know, the sacrifices they make, putting their bodies on the line, you know, sacrificing all the stuff with their families and stuff. So... I think she had a pretty good career. Yeah. But today we have a uh, independent wrestler on. His name is Hellman Rosecran- Rose Crown. Sorry. And his story is just amazing. I really enjoyed his interview. I think even if you're not really a fan of wrestling, just hearing like the passion in his voice and him talk about like the story behind his character and everything, I think it was just really inspiring. It was me. very good. Like the way that. Um... You know, you'll hear him talk in the interview. You can hear, like, the passion and the intensity behind, like, his words and what he's saying. I feel like you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to listen to this interview. I feel like, you know, if you just stumbled across it, the way that he talks, I feel like, is already will become very captivating and you'll want to listen in. Yeah, and he has a background in acting and method acting, so I think... Lainey and I have seen him wrestle at an independent show, so I, like I said in the interview, you know, not to give too much away before you guys hear it, but I think he's kind of like the total package, because with wrestling, what always captivates me, and I think Lainey too, is we love the characters. Like, if you're a wrestler, it doesn't matter how good or athletic you are, if you don't have a character, I can't really get behind you. Like, I need the character. You know, and I feel like with him, like from hearing him talk and seeing his social media, I'm like, he's got the character down. He's got the wrestling down. So without further ado, I say we bring him on. All right, guys, please welcome to the show the imminent threat Hellman Rosecrown. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Happy to have you on. Very welcome to be here. Thank you both for having me. 
Yeah, of course. And I just want to talk about your journey into getting into wrestling because wrestling is kind of a wild thing where everyone has a cool story of how they actually fell in love with the sport of wrestling. So where did your love for wrestling start? All right, this is going to sound a little preachy uh, because recently I've accepted uh, God into my life and not in the traditional sense, not through any religious institution, not through being proselytized, just through opening my eyes and accepting that everything in my particular life, and I would imagine everybody's life happens for a reason and a purpose, and I can't actually tell you where my love, my passion, my desire, and my my true calling comes from because I was gifted with this natural ability to be a professional wrestler, and I waited 27 years to pursue that dream. And the fact of the matter is, I've always loved wrestling with such a conviction. I will say growing up in the late 90s, um, pro wrestling was it. Pro wrestling was everything. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H. You can go to school wearing these T-shirts, NWO. I wasn't a WCW guy, but everybody knew it. It was in the cultural zeitgeist. So for me, it was just all I've ever wanted to do other than being a baseball player, which, you know, I love baseball, but I don't watch it. I've watched wrestling religiously up until I started training and I, I still feel bad about that. Yeah. I get, you get busy when you're doing shows and sometimes your shows might conflict with like, you know, the watching the actual wrestling, but I agree. Like, I feel like the thing that's got me or kept me hooked on wrestling for so long is the continuous storylines and the characters that come together and clash in different feuds. Cause you always get something different. That is what makes wrestling, A, different than mixed martial arts, than boxing, than literally any other sport. And even MMA is now trying to take from wrestling, which is how UFC actually built its following by piggybacking off of Monday Night Raw with The Ultimate Fighter, is that they realize investment in characters and stories is what people really gravitate towards, which is why you Netflix and chill. Everybody loves a good tale. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like uh, Jake Paul and Conor McGregor have done a great job of that in the MMA world of like keeping people hooked of wanting to see like their fights, you know, through social media. I feel like they're they're good at that, like telling the stories, you know. Well, you know, Conor McGregor directly does the Vince McMahon walk and he has definitely learned a lot from pro wrestling and it has benefited him exponentially. Look at his paychecks. True. Exactly. So when you decided like, okay, I want to pursue this, like when was that decision made or how did you come upon like, oh, okay, I want to actually start training to become a wrestler. You said it took you 27 years. It did. And I will say, um, I've always kind of held myself to such a high standard. I'm a perfectionist and I've been keenly aware of my deficiencies or my limitations. And one of that is that I never grew past six foot tall and I never gained 200 plus pounds and I grew up in the era when everybody was big and jacked even one of my favorites Crash Holly was huge in comparison to today's standards now I guess I was a body guy and I subscribed to Vince McMahon's ideology and I just thought I guess I'm not big enough or maybe good enough it did happen to me through heartbreak and I'm uh, experiencing kind of a secular journey right now. But um, heartbreak has been the most um, I've learned the most about myself through that experience. And I did go through a two year depression uh, from 25 to 27. And I finally said, you know what? It's now or never. 100 percent. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to, like, go for it. 
You know, like I feel like we're always we're in a society where it's always like, okay, well, maybe next year, you know, like maybe I'll do it next year. Like I'll start like New Year's resolutions. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like no one's more determined the most until after a heartbreak. Like that's where all the the determination, all the motivation comes from because you're basically kind of like reinventing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the way to put it for sure. I mean, I definitely what I I like to think of it as I discovered or I went back to my roots. I finally that too. Looked, I'm still the five year old kid that you would have talked to back in what 1997. That's I'm still that kid at heart. Yeah. So when you started training wrestling, were you like, okay, this is everything I thought it was going to be, or were you like, okay, <laughs> this is a bit more than I thought it was going to be? You want a crazy story? I literally almost killed myself on one day training. So have you heard of rhabdo, rhabdomyolysis? No. No, me neither. I had to experience <laughs> it and I had to WebMD and basically diagnose myself, which they say you don't want to do. Um, but I trained. Uh, I was So I didn't smoke cigarettes for 25 years. I was with a cigarette smoker for five years. I gave her a lot of hell about that because my dad passed away from lung cancer. In fact, when I was on the high school wrestling team and I was a captain of the varsity team with straight A's and a manager of the student store, in the morning before my 6 a.m. practice, I'd have to wake up and feed my dad through a tube in his stomach. Um, Some people, they hear the story like, wow, I don't imagine how how you could do that. My mom had also passed away in 2008 from drug addiction and homelessness. So it was a, a time when I guess I was burying myself into my passions and finally pursuing my goals. Um, I came from doing independent study for a number of years and acting um, and basically being my own adult, my own mini adult. I only interacted with adults. Um, so I didn't actually have a childlike mentality. And, and when I went back to traditional high school, I went for baseball. But when I got there, I saw wrestling on the on the sports board. And I said, this is a thing. People actually do this here in California. I thought you had to be in Texas or the Midwest. And I said, sign me up. And I did it. And um, I had an aptitude for it. I was very good. I excelled at it. The thing is, I was with a, a woman who smoked. And I didn't smoke until she broke up with me. And I picked it up, her brand of cigarettes, kind of spitefully but it became a part of my identity and going back to my first day of wrestling training i smoked a cigarette literally seconds before we had to run our two laps i was the first to complete the two laps um also then we went and we did a number of squats and push-ups very simple exercises but santino brothers the school i trained at santino bros more accurately they really hammer cardio they really hammer the physicality before you're even allowed to get in the ring you have to earn your ring time so for me i pushed myself as hard as i could i literally looked at that like i was crying out for the wwe now i wasn't the strongest in fact i came off of the couch literally off of the couch and i pushed myself to such an extent i gave myself what's called rhabdomyolysis from the push-ups and squats alone. So I finished the push-ups on my knees, but I was pushing through such extreme and excruciating pain, the coaches were pushing me because they could see the fire and the passion in my eyes. Now, when we did finally get to ring time, my arms hurt so bad, I was stretching them on the wall, but that didn't stop me from being the most exemplary student in that class that day. Um, For the next three days, however, I went to work, 
and I could not bend my arms. They were locked in this uh, L shape. I couldn't brush my teeth. I couldn't comb my hair, but still I, I did my job. The thing was, I was peeing black. We're not talking brown. We're not talking red. I was peeing black for three days. Sorry if that's a little graphic. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's just the truth. And if you learn mm -hmm. anything about and anytime talking to me, I keep it 100. I tell it like it is. So I finally looked, Googled up the symptoms. And one of the possibilities was rhabdomyolysis. So I took that to my doctor. I got tests. And that's what I had. Um, as I said, I wasn't actively training in anything. I wrestled in high school. And then I went to work. I became an adult, adulting. Uh, I still maintained a physical form. I still had pecs. I still had abs. I still had pretty good definition. I've had abs since I was a child, since I played baseball as a kid. I've always had abs. Sorry. You know, the fact is people always want to talk about how losing weight is so difficult. And it is. But so is gaining weight, which has been an issue I've struggled with my entire life. So this period of time, I was put on a corticosteroid, not the steroids that help you build muscles, the health, the medical kind. And the first thing I noticed is I gained water weight in my abdominal region and I lost my abs. And from being a guy who wasn't actively working out, this really affected my mental state. And I realized how vain I truly was. Uh, luckily, my abs came back and uh, I was also able to continue in my wrestling journey uh, once I healed. Although they do say it's a susceptibility that I could always get. Also, it's called crushing's disease, meaning if a building were to fall on you or you're in a car accident and part of your blood circulation was cut off, once they release the pressure, the necrotic cells flush through your system and it has an ability to shut down your kidneys and your internal organs. And so that was the risk I was facing at that time. Um, back to what you said, I believe you said something like, did I think I was cut out for this or something along? Yeah. Those how lines? was the training process for you? So once I was past that initial um, hurdle, the first day tryout was a month before the actual class. So I had about a month to recover. When I started training, running the ropes was the most surprisingly difficult thing I've ever experienced in my life. I literally had welts on my back for the first week or so, or maybe even two weeks. And I actually been contemplating quitting because I thought, wow, if it hurts this bad, I have to callous my back to run the ropes. I don't know if I am cut out for this. Yeah. But a quote I hold true and near and dear to my life, and I think everybody could learn something from this, is persistence furthers. If you're the last guy in the room, well, you're the best one there. There we go. I love that. That's some inspiration for you. Yeah, we've heard from other wrestlers we've had on that running the ropes is one of those things that is so yeah. bad, but you would never think it was bad. Like when you're watching on TV, you're like, ah, oh, it looks like a bouncy, you know, like that looks right. fun. And then you like <laughs> see people do it and they're like, oh my God, what is that? You know, <laughs> it's like, welcome to wrestling. Totally. Um, so one big Laney, one big thing Laney and I are big on is we love like characters. Like that's why we love wrestling. And so how did yeah. you come up with your character, Hellman Rosecrown? How did that come about? So I've still yet to expound upon the depths of my character, but my character came about during the pandemic. So I did start training uh, late 2019. My first one day tryout, I just went in depth about was in August of 2019. The class began in September 2019. And by March 2020, the world shut down. And in Los Angeles, the restrictions were much greater than that 
say, Orange County or San Diego or other states, perhaps. So I had to literally sit on my hands for a number of months because I was living with uh, someone who was at high risk. And I had to take their personal health into consideration above my own goals and dreams. So what I did is I went and did Santino Brothers, Santino Bros. I, I'm always superficial, but Santino Bros. They had an online course that really focused on psychology because when you're in the ring, they, they deal with the physicality. But now that they had the opportunity to take a step back, they were able to expound and go in depth onto character development, promos, and just overall match structure. So I took that class twice. So on top of that, I really got invested into my Instagram and I kind of went down a dark rabbit hole as far as spending all my time on the computer and the internet. Yeah. So you didn't have your debut match until after the pandemic, like after things started opening back up. Oh, actually, uh, because I went so hard on my Instagram and my character development, I was reached out to by a number of promotions, namely Compton mania, another promotion that I won't bring up because, um, I do not want to put this company over, but that was my also my initial first debut was in Ocean Beach, San Diego. And I think certain people know what I'm referring to. Um, I, I like to call it stiff, stiffed style wrestling. Get stiffed. Mm. You may yeah. understand. He arranged the letters, the, the promotions in there somewhere. Mm. Um, but the thing is, yeah, I, I began going on the Internet and just watching and, and, and absorbing and, and realizing that even just they say the blue light or whatever from your tele your computer screen everyone has their phones glued to their hands that's detrimental to your health and you have to get outside and touch grass and and get that sunlight and i wasn't doing that for a number of months and on top of that as i mentioned i was smoking cigarettes i was chain smoking cigarettes so i really wasn't doing the healthy habits so not only my physical but my mental well-being was declining. And I used that. Just like I said, heartbreak has always helped me grow. So did depression and even negative imagery. So I really, I pulled the Stone Cold Steve Austin. I took my personality, even the darkest parts of me, and I turned it up to 100. So basically, a Helm and Rose Crown character is me. But not necessarily who I am on a personal level, but all the influences I've been surrounded by, which unfortunately... My mom was a drug addict. Um, my dad wasn't the nicest person. Um, I've been surrounded by death and finality and all these kind of traumatic experiences. And I took all that and I put that into Hell Man, Rose Crown. Also, Rose Crown comes from a nymphomaniac that I fell in love with uh, who also had a drug uh, substance abuse issues. And I, after she kind of hurt my heart a little bit. I won't say she broke my heart, but since she kind of hurt me, I said, you know what? I'm going to take your name and I'm going to make it famous. There we go. Wow. <laughs> I love that. You know, like doing better is the best kind of revenge, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit, it's, it's a bit of a darker character, which I, I think I like the darker characters. Like it's, they're real, you know, cause like we all experience those things or just human emotions. Like sadness you know all that kind of stuff we all deal with it so i think it can be related upon and i think people connect with characters they can relate to and i think people can so, really relate to your character then and cap it because i really haven't been able to go into this because a lot of these smaller indie promotions don't really invest in storylines they book matches that are uh non-sequential and don't lead to anything there's no long-term story and there's no real investment in vignettes or even uh character development my character 
has two sides to the coin. Uh, one side is a masked gimmick that has yet to debut that goes by the name War Devil and is also referred to as the Scavenger of Chaos, the Phoenix Vulture. And the thing is, essentially, it, the imminent threat, is death. And that's something we all face. None of us can avoid it. It's inevitable. And in fact, evil incarnate is in all of us. We all have the ability to be our most exemplary version or the worst version of ourselves. So what I figured is by spending all this time on the internet, there is a dark web out there with a lot of horrible, terrible things going on. And if you really want to access these things, it's at your fingertips. So my perception was Hellman Rosecrown is an orphan. He's a deviant. He's a miscreant. He's susceptible to influence. And by spending so much time with technology, technology is the ruin of society that basically the war devil is a deep fake from the internet and is an amalgamation of all of the darkest parts of our society. And it's externalized in the war devil. So Hellman Rosecrown is just a vessel. He's the messenger of misfortune. Don't gotcha. kill the messenger. Exactly. I, I love that you put so much thought into your character because I think that's what's going to help you like go on and keep getting booked and like even hopefully get signed to like a big promotion oh, if that's what it, you end up wanting to do, you know? It's my abs. That's why they book me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely helps with like the athleticism. You know, we've seen you wrestle before and you're definitely super athletic. Like Laney and I were talking about it, like super athletic. So you've got that Thanks. part down. You've got the wrestling down and you've got the character down. I feel like that's just well, a total package. I got to be real. I, I am an amateur wrestler and I'm always ready to throw down. Uh, I'm not a striker. So in every uh, street fight I've ever been in from uh, my school days to unfortunately I have been in a few scuffles as an adult, which I'm not too proud of. I never throw the first punch. I slip a punch. I double leg. I take you down. And now we're the same height and I'll ground and pound you till somebody pulls me off. Um, when it comes down to, man, I'm already getting off track here. Uh, what was That's the question? Right. <laughs> Honestly, I think we were just kind of expanding upon the character and like where it came from and all that kind of stuff. But I just want to know what some of your favorite moments from your career have been so far. Like throughout you know, your two years or three years not, wrestling? Not many. Clearly my last match against Paul London, I hold near and dear to my heart. Almost every match and event I've had at Compton Mania has been a very important event to me. But as I was actually trying to say is, you said I have the wrestling down. The oh, yeah. I do have the athleticism down, but also I have the performance down. I think in a story mindset, I'm always trying to pop the crowd, even pop the boys. Um Back in my high school wrestling days, me and a buddy, we would look at each other. No words spoken. He throws super kick. I'd sell it. The the coaches who were so against pro wrestling, even though they had a poster of Kurt Angle from the Olympics in the coach's office, they'd believe it every time. He'd spear me. They'd believe it every time. So we recorded a match for them and played it at the year-end um, celebration. And they kind of rolled their eyes, but they respected it because we're – I'm a performer. I used to do acting when I was doing independent study. I would perform live theater for the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District. They would actually come uh, do field trips at our uh, playhouse. And I would actually go in full costume to the schools and teach these kids about modern adaptation to literary classics. So I've also trained at the Lee Strasberg Theater of Film Institute, which is uh, where Zach Efron graduated from. And I've worked alongside a number of notable actors. So I'm a performer at heart. I am a real wrestler. I am a real 
not necessarily a trained fighter, but you know, any self-respecting man in a sense is a fighter at heart. Um, I really feel like my my weakest point in my wrestling career is my technical wrestling ability because there's so many varieties of styles. There's lucha libre, there's strong style, there's uh, British technical, and I really feel like especially with me not watching wrestling consistently, you still need to study tape. You still need to always up your game and you can never stop training. Personally, my personal life did kind of get in the way of me keeping my tool bag sharp. But one thing it never stopped is my athleticism, my heart, my passion, and my willingness to give everything when I step in that ring. I believe it as much, if not more than the fans do. In fact, you have to. Yeah, you really do, because you need to believe what you're selling, you know, and the good thing about wrestling nowadays, you talk about back in like the Attitude Era where it was like Triple H and Stone Cold and all of them, and they were like one specific type of wrestler. But nowadays, I feel like there's room for, you know, the people that like the high flyers and there's still room for the people like the Stone Colds and like Triple H and all that. And there's just so many different types of styles out there in like AEW and WWE that are like on like a big platform that I feel like there's room for everybody these days, which is good. Well, the world is much more inclusive in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Diversity is the flavor, the spice of life. So I'm not against at all the, the changes that have been made in the industry. In fact, Daniel Bryan was key in actually opening the door for guys my size to get a shake at the main stages. So, yeah, in fact, that's partly why I trained when I did, because I realized 10 years later, the world has changed. So much has changed from 2010 on in the wrestling world. You're right. Daniel Bryan, I remember, because like when he won the title, like the world title, like everyone was like, oh, there's no way he's going to be world champion. Yeah. People are going to be mad because I said Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But when he made that big, like when he was really like revolutionizing that sort of wrestling, he was Daniel Bryan. So, you know, that's valid. But nowadays, Bryan Danielson. But that was a perfect example, you know. Also, who are some of your on the topic? I don't know if he's one of your dream opponents, but who are some of your dream opponents that you'd love to get in the ring with one day? So you shot me those questions, right? And Mm. any any real person who knows they're going to be filmed or on camera are like, they should do preparation. I told you I don't do that. I told you yeah. I would just speak for art. And that was the one question I said, okay, I really need to actually think about this one, write it down. I work 10-hour shifts, sometimes 12-hour shifts, up to 60 hours a week. I literally just got two promotions this week and I've been told by high management that they've never seen someone work as hard as I do and I'm as valuable as three other people. I, I didn't get a chance to go in depth on that conversation, but just from the heart, yes, Daniel Bryan's one of those guys. Um, my favorite wrestler since the year 2003 consistently on has been Randy Orton. Now he's towards the later years of his career. So it would technically be a dream match. And I don't know size wise, if we'd be a, a good matchup, but Randy Orton is someone I admire and, and in a sense do model my, uh, my ring style after another guy I'd probably model most of my selling and some of my moves after is Dolph Ziggler. So those mm-hmm. would be three of the most talented guys. Chris Benoit, as controversial as he is and Kurt Angle are other large influences. And as I mentioned, Crash Holly growing up, I love Crash Holly. He was great. And he was a comedic guy at times. So I love that. Yeah. It's going to be versatile where you can play different cut types of characters, you know, because if they need you to do one thing, you can fit in whatever they need you to do. And it seems like you're a really hard worker from what you just said. So I feel like you would definitely be able to do that. Those are all great 
picks real quick. I want to go back to the Instagram aspect of it. So you talked about how Instagram really helped, you know, maybe push your career forward. And I love that you're taking advantage of social media because it's something that's newer. It's something that wrestling didn't have like 10 years ago. So it's constantly evolving. A little bit of a pioneer, not going to lie. I mean, it sounds great, but I was a little bit of a pioneer. I did push a lot of, I know Mikey O'Shea is really big on TikTok, and i can't take any credit for any of that but i do know there are a few wrestlers that i really encourage to get on TikTok. not that i was even using it but as far as instagram goes yeah i garnered up to ten thousand followers really early on into my career now i'm not gonna say they're all legitimate wrestling fans or even that they're all hellman rose crown fans but i went out of my way to develop a particular strategy to up my numbers to run it up and that got a lot of eyes on my product also as i mentioned i do have method acting training and i was in always hollywood adjacent so i went out of my way to really dive deep into promo work and i i tapped into real emotions like regret the fact that i wrestled with regret for so long because i didn't pursue wrestling until late in my life Everyone that followed you, you made them feel something, whether they're like seeing your wrestling, whether they just liked your videos, you made them feel something. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) They made you, you made them feel something. And that's the key in entertainment is when someone walks away from watching you do anything, you just want to make them feel something, whether it's happiness, sadness, anxiety, shock, whatever it is, you want them to feel some type of emotion. And that's what you're, that's what you're doing. I felt very disillusioned with this whole business for a while now. Um, I was in a toxic situation. I'm not going to go into that, but uh, I was kind of made to feel in a certain way by seeing the other side of the coin, by seeing other people's true intentions, how they'll smile on your face and stab you in the back. And truthfully, Stone Cold tried warning me all those years ago, DTA, don't trust anybody. I actually started really not liking wrestling and wrestlers and and anyone involved in the business but what really helped me regain my passion was i performed for amped up wrestling they're big on community work as is compton mania because i also view compton mania as outside of the wrestling bubble more so in the entertainment and even community business like they work with the city officials they perform as it amped up uh on the 55th street or 77th street literally on the block, we did a block party uh, and we had a ring set up in the middle of the street. And I remember going back and looking at the photos and just the looks on the kids' faces, the fact that they were so invested into my moves and they believed it, that that re-inspired me to, in, to such an extent that like, it really doesn't matter what other people are doing it for, to wear these belts and to wear these costumes and to dress up and play tough guy. For me, I do it because I want to make people believe. What is one dreamer goal that you have and how do you plan on achieving it? Just in life in general, isn't through wrestling related, just anything in life. I mean, it is wrestling related. My only goal, besides perhaps being a Dodger, an actor, at one point a rapper, um, was a professional wrestler, but more so a WWF and now WWE superstar. I've never watched WCW. I mean, my siblings maybe like flip through the channels but they only did that just to be an antagonist because they knew i was a wwf guy wwe guy um aew isn't my cup of tea i'd love to work there lots of talent i just 
I don't get behind the product like that. In fact, I don't watch wrestling at all. So I've kind of missed the whole boat on the AEW fanfare. So for me, it's always been a, become a WWE superstar. And that is my life. Like I mentioned early on, my newfound belief in God and the fact that I don't believe in coincidence anymore. And I came to that realization through quantum physics, meaning even if you use science and mathematics to literally figure out everything, you get down to the Higgs-Boson particle, the God particle. You cannot figure out how it does what it does and why it operates in such a grand design. So I've truly come to open my eyes and think everything is a sign and nothing happens by chance. I agree. I love that. I always say that to you. You're where you're, you're meant to be at this point in life. You know. With that said, I'm on the East Coast now. And I've been told by a few promoters and good friends, namely Shiloh Greaves, that this is where I need to be. Not only to remove myself, which wasn't the intent, from the personal drama that I'm experiencing and professional fallout that's come with that, but because I'm in the New York territory now. I literally passed WWE headquarters on my way here. I took an eight-day bus trip across country, saw so many things I've never seen before, and experienced things that I would have never got the chance to otherwise. And now... I am where I need to be. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was put in your path for a reason. That's honestly wild. It's like, take it as a sign, maybe that you passed WWE headquarters. How crazy is that? You know? So yeah, and I'm a hopeless romantic as well. So um, another quote that I've held on to recently, it has to do more with my personal life, but it can definitely fit into this scenario as well, is that God blessed this broken road that led me straight to you. And that is maybe why I'm here, because even my parents passing, every negative experience I've I've been through has brought me to where I am and has made me who I am. Yeah, you're just overcoming from it and like dodging all these obstacles, you know, jumping over all these hurdles, if you will, you know. So where could people follow you on Instagram if they listen to you right now and they're like, I want to follow you on Instagram and see what it's all about. Where can they follow you? I have like three or four Instagrams, but they're for like, Similar but different purposes. But if you're going to look me up, you can always Google it, Hellman Rosecrown. But definitely, if you need to pick, get a dictionary or a thesaurus, I'm trying to impart knowledge onto the wrestling world, the wrestling community. And my character's moniker is the imminent threat. So it's going to be at the underscore imminent underscore threat. There we you go. Know, it, it, it's now or never is kind of my whole moniker. It's never too late. And the thing about being the imminent threat is that anybody can get it and it's going to happen now. It's in fact, it's pressing, it's pertinent. And that's the thing. I got to go for it. Yeah, exactly. If not now, then when that's what I always say, you know, you got to take the action and the action always leads to something, whether what it is, we don't know yet, but you'll never know unless you try, you know, absolutely. So thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. This was an amazing interview. Loved hearing your story. And you know, brother Santino bros real quick uh, to me, they're the preeminent wrestling school in Los Angeles. In fact, Southern California area, I would go as far as saying California in general. Um, if anyone has the chance to learn from them, you can go to their YouTube page and soak up a wealth of knowledge that they offer for free. I'm not sure if they do online courses anymore, but if you're ever in Los Angeles and you get an opportunity to train with Joey Chaos and his crew, that's what I would do. And that's what I did. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. We really enjoyed talking with Hellman Rosecrown about his story into getting into wrestling and acting background. And if you guys haven't already, make sure to follow us on Instagram at dreamattractionpod. Make sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify and give us those five stars. And we'll see you next Tuesday for an all new episode. Happy dreaming.